Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 297. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and always educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening. Thank you once again for downloading. And first-time listeners, hello to you. We're glad you found us and we hope you become a regular listener. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. We're going to talk about, on this week's show, how you can pimp up your PC with the Windows April update. Telstra has been slapped with a $10 million fine. We'll talk about why. And we'll chat with Will Davies about his car-sharing startup, Car Next Door. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Samsung 2018 QLED TV. We're also going to look at the Amazon Echo Spot speaker and also the Bose Sound Sport Free wireless earphones. And we'll also answer all your questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Massive show for you, so let's dive straight in. Attention all you Windows users, I know there's a lot of you out there. Uh, we've got some news about the April 2018 update. Uh, it seems to me that Microsoft's taken a bit of an Apple-esque approach here with announcing individual updates for the for Windows 10 and specifying new features that are on board. Now, I'm sure all Windows users, and I'm one of them, I use a Mac, I also use a, a Surface tablet and various other laptops. How many times have you seen all these updates? Updates, don't turn it off, there's updates, updates. And these are for... Oh, I don't know, for, for security updates and just maintenance updates and things like that. Well, now these are updates that uh, Windows uh, Windows 10, Microsoft, are uh, shouting from the rooftops. I think we've got a case here where they've decided to publicize this monthly update and be specific about these features that are going to help you. Their, 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 whole, uh, their whole motivation here is to help you make better use of your time. So with that in mind, they came up with uh, four new features that we'll talk about that are part of these Windows 10 April 2018 update, which are available now. They'll roll out to PCs around the world. So some will get it today, maybe others get it in a day or two. But everyone will get this update. And in this update are four new features. One's called Timeline. You've got Focus Assist, Dictation, and an updated Microsoft Edge browser. Now, what are these features? Let's go through them one by one. Timeline uh, is the ability for you to find your documents, photos, and videos wherever and whenever you did it. You can go as far back as 30 days to retrieve the item you're looking for. So I think a combination of your PC memory and maybe some cloud storage will allow you to go back in time to find that document. You might, you might think there was that presentation I worked on a week ago. Where is it? I can't find it. So you can go back a week and hopefully find it. Now, this smacks of uh, a very big similarity to Apple's Time Machine. Time Machine for you Mac users, will uh, you'll know that you are able to go back and look at a version of your system for, for months. So if you, say, accidentally deleted a file and think, oh, my God, I've got the, had that file last week, you just go back to last week's version of your backup and, and pluck it out and bring it to the present. This is similar to that, uh, but this adds the ability to retrieve documents that you might have worked on on your mobile devices, including if you're signed into your Microsoft account uh, or, or while you're using Microsoft Edge or Office 365. So if you're working on iOS or an Android device, you can actually access stuff 
uh, from your desk as well. So if you're working on a document, for example, during your commute, you can then pick that up where you left off right back at your desk. So it works. It's all It's like all, all saved in the cloud, and you're able to then go back 30 days and retrieve it. And I think it will use some of your PC's memories as well, memory as well. So a, a nice little safeguard there for you to always have uh, that knowledge that you can always get your stuff back. Uh, using Timeline. Next up, we've got Focus Assist. Now, how many of you uh, are guilty of this, being disturbed, off, you know, taken off task and trying to get back and do finish the job? It's It can be hard. There's a lot of distractions out there, and especially if you're on your computer and there's all the notifications coming in on your mobile device. There's lots of uh, action happening on social media. You're getting emails. It's very hard to sit there and focus on one thing and put, block everything out. Well, Focus Assist is here to help. And what that does is that it can block off your notifications, close you off from the rest of the world so you can get your job done. Now, they're saying, this is Microsoft's, Microsoft stats here, the average amount of time people spend on any single event before an interruption or switching tasks is three minutes that's not a long time, is it? Three minutes before interrupted switching tasks. And the average person needs 23 minutes to get back to task, to regroup and get back to work. So all up for three minutes work, you're disturbed, 23 minutes to get back. That's like half an hour that you've wasted. So with that in mind, Focus Assist can help you zero in on what you need to do. And what I like about this is the fact that after you finish the job, you can then receive a summary of all your notifications, emails, and updates that, that came through while you were busy. So it's like throwing up a little force field, keeping all these notifications from your eye line, and then catching up with them later. Now, if you're expecting an important call or an email or anything like something really important, you can nominate. Say you're expecting an important call from your wife, let's say. You can nominate your wife to be able to penetrate that focus assist wall to get through to you straight away. Everyone else will have to wait. Next up, we've got dictation. Not, not a new feature, being able to talk to your PC. But uh, in this instance, in, instead of having to buy expensive software to do this, uh, which I have actually on my Mac, I use Dragon Dictation. Well, now Windows has a uh, an ability for you, no matter where there is, a, if you can put a cursor in a text field and within Windows 10 or within an app, you all you need to do is press Win plus H and then you can start talking. And it is pretty responsive, captures thoughts pretty quickly and accurately. So you can, well, you've got to, you've got to say them out loud, of course. It doesn't read your mind. But if you say you, you, you've got ideas and you're talking, it'll take down everything you say. So rather than typing, you talk. I like this because one thing when I type, when I'm typing, the biggest thing, what takes up most of my time is not gathering my thoughts and writing them. It's correcting them. I'm not I'm not the best typist. I'm a two-finger crow pecker typist. So I do make a lot of mistakes and having to go back and correct those mistakes is what takes up a lot of time. So with the this dictation feature, you can now say what you want to type and it's not going to make mistakes or less than you would if you were typing it, put it that way. Next up, Microsoft Edge. Now this is a browser that has uh some significant updates and some new functionality. This is, uh, there's one feature, it gives you the ability to mute and unmute a tab that is playing sound. If you ever, if something's come up and started playing loudly on your on your computer, you can instantly mute that tab. That is a feature that exists, by the way, already on Safari, if you're a Mac user. So you can stop saying, Apple thought of that first. Well, uh, Microsoft Edge now has that. The other thing they've got too is the another distraction-free experience. If you if you're reading books, PDFs, or or you know how some sites offer a reading view, you can now go full screen. So another again a distraction-free experience there. There's also autofill now if you're doing some shopping, so it fills in your address, your payment details, and other info. If you're on a web payment form, if you're printing as well from the Edge browser, what it can do is give you a cleaner, clutter-free printout. You know when you print out a website page and there's just gobbledygook everywhere, you can now clean print that, so just print the text uh, uh, to to give you a, a better printout, it's easier to read. Those features are available now. The Windows 10 PC April 2018 update. Uh, if you want to read more about that, of course, we've got it on our site, but you can download that today if you're a Microsoft 10 user.
And we've written about it and also included some YouTube videos about those features. And you can find that at techguide.com.au. Now, Telstra have been a little bit naughty. They've been slapped with a $10 million fine. Why have they been fined? Well, it's the ACCC took them to the federal court over allegations that they were charging customers for content without their knowledge. And there weren't allegations. They actually proved that it was uh, actually the case. And the federal court ordered their Telstra to pay $10 million for, and this is the official reason, making false or misleading representations to customers in relation to a third-party billing service. That billing service was called Premium Direct Billing. And it was applied to more than 100,000 customer accounts without their knowledge. So these people were charged for digital content, things like games, ringtones and other stuff, which they had purchased unknowingly. So they were getting billed for stuff without even knowing it. So uh, a bit of a problem there. And this occurred back in 2015 and 16. And uh, Telstra had set up the premium direct billing service as default as a default feature on a lot of their cons- customer mobile accounts. So customers billed even if they access content unintentionally, they got the bill. So what ended up happening was the fact that Telstra had to not only pay the $10 million fine, but it also had to close down the premium direct billing service, which it has done. Now, it did this back late last year, and it seemed at the time that they were doing us, they were sort of saying, look at us, look what we're doing. We're, uh, we're, doing, we're shutting this service down, you know, saving people money. But it was just a precursor to what was coming up in the federal court. And looking back on it, they, uh, they had to do it. They had to shut the service down. They decided to do it before they were told to do it, which is what ended up happening. So $10 million fine to Telstra, and really... Not not a massive effect there. Ten million dollars when you consider they accrued almost sixty two million dollars in revenue from that PDB service, the premium direct billing service. Sixty two million bucks, and they'll find ten million. So PDP is no longer here. If you're a customer who may have been affected, I have included a, a number on our story on Tech Guide. So. The ACCC says that any Telstra customer should check their mobile account. And if they believe that there are any unauthorized charges that have been applied under the premium direct billing service, they should contact Telstra on 13-22-00. But you don't have to remember that number because I've written all about it and you can read about it at our website, techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Alrighty, we're up to our Tech Guide interview and we're talking to Will Davies and he's the co-founder of a car sharing startup called Car Next Door. A brilliant idea where people can have their cars available to rent to other people when they're not using them. So you think about it, how often we drive our car. The, the, the stats show that more than 90% of the time our cars are just parked. They're not doing anything. And so Will and his team came up with this idea to be able to rent cars from your neighbours in your area. And you can rent it by the hour or by the day. And he's set up this whole community where you can choose your car, look online, of course, choose your car, book your car, go and find the car, unlock it, drive it, bring it back, and everything's taken care of within the app. And within on on the on the browser, so free membership, uh, you can save money. So rather than having to own your own car, you can use someone else's car. Uh, they've got more than thirteen hundred cars, or I think it's up to fifteen hundred now, according to our interview. You'll hear in a moment. But uh, it is all set up and insurance included. So if you decide to join Car Next Door, you give up your existing insurance and go on to their fleet insurance, which costs about sixty bucks a month, so that that's obviously designed to allow other people to drive your car. So in the case of like my personal insurance, I'm, it's uninsured for me, maybe my wife, no one under 25. So if anyone happens to else drive the car, then there's big penalties uh, If in the event of an accident, the, an at-fault accident. So 
with uh, their insurance set up that you're all covered as well. Now, uh, it, it is a really great idea, and we had a chat to Will about how he thought of the idea, what what was his inspiration behind it. Uh, he also gives some advice to some uh, budding entrepreneurs if they do have an idea for themselves. And uh, we caught up with him at the Car Next Door office, and here's what he had to say when we caught up. Well, hi, Will. Thanks for joining me. We're at the offices of Car Next Door, the great startup that is going from strength to strength. But tell us, first of all, how did you come up with the idea? G'day, Steve. Um, so I, uh, I had a mortgage broking business at, at um, in Bondi Junction. I, I built it up to a team of twenty, and it was going really well. Like it was um, making good, good, good cash, and I was able to go on plenty of holidays every year. But I, um, I was slowly getting more and more annoyed by the amount of uh, damage that humans are causing the world, and in particular, um, I, I think the we're just putting an unsustainable amount of carbon into the atmosphere. So I made the decision that I wanted to be uh, focusing my business efforts on reducing carbon uh, emissions. And so then tried to work out how I could fit that in with mortgage broking and couldn't couldn't make that work. Yeah. So um, ended up selling that business. Mortgage broking's good business, so got a bit of money from that. And then um, and then went hunting, trying to work out what what business I could do next. So took a took a look at a whole bunch of different businesses, looked at installing solar, like becoming an importer of solar panels. I looked at aquaponics, which is where you grow fish, fish poo in the water. Uh, that fertilizes the the, uh, the plants. That takes the, the you know, the, that cleans the water and then it, you create this cycle. All I did was, like, I had 100 fish and I killed 80 of them. Uh, so that was... That <laughs> not, was the, not the best startup for that one. No, but exactly. but you decided on the literally the car next door, which is a great idea. A lot of these great ideas thinking... Simple idea, but why didn't I think of that? And you did. Yeah, so I'd been a long-term uh, car share user, but you kind of realise when you, you... I was walking to a car, my closest car was about a kilometre away, and I was trying to get to it, and you're thinking, geez, I'm walking past all these other cars. There's all these cars sitting around. Most cars sit around doing nothing for literally 95% of the time. So you work out a way to utilise those cars, make them accessible to other people nearby. It's, I mean, cars... Cars are the one of the, one of the biggest underutilized assets that we've got, and if we can get more, yeah, you know, we get them used more. It's just way more efficient. So I've got a car, and I want to join Car Next Door. So how do how do I start? I just register with the service, and then you take a look at my car. You do you do a background check as well, I assume. So how how does it work? So basically, um, yeah, owner goes to our site, uh, lists their car. Um, might take I don't know five minutes or something like that, yeah. and then. Um, once it's once it's on, we actually install uh, some devices onto the car. So we, we install a GPS tracking device, and also we put a electronic lockbox on it, which which holds the keys. We put the lockbox either on the car or on the on the owner's property. And then when a borrower wants to use the car, they they join. We check them pretty carefully first go, make sure they're who they say they are. We've got the most sure they've got a license and all that, not wanted by the police and stuff. Exactly, <laughs> we do the sort of facial recognition checks and and we do a credit check. We do we do a bit of stuff. It's it's very simple. It takes it takes a borrower maybe two or three minutes to sign up. But then we we've just got some background checks we do. But then once they're on, they've got a password. They uh, look on our app for cars near them, find your car, uh, see it's just around the corner, book it, walk straight to it, get the key out of the lockbox using a, a code that we give them. Uh, only lasts, only works for that one day. And then get in, drive it. We know how many Ks they've gone because of the GPS. They drop it back and then uh, and then we charge the borrower and pay the owner. So uh, very handy. Great idea. So what about other things like insurance? Does the, does the driver have to put fuel in it? How, do, how does those, those things work? So um, how insurance works is when an owner lists their car on the platform, um, they, they can actually get rid of their current comprehensive insurance. It's all included under as being a car next door owner. Um, and then that also includes the borrower's insurance. The problem with regular insurance at the moment is you can't, it specifically says you can't rent your car out to someone else. Our, our insurance specifically says you can rent your car out. That, that's one of the questions my insurer says, who else is going to drive your car? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In your case, it's everyone. It's like anyone, <laughs> anyone who books it, which is, uh, which is getting pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Right. Do, do, do they have to fill it up before they bring it back, or is that just part yeah. of the cost? That, well, that they... Yeah, so every car on the platform, the owner sets the price of the car. So the average car on the platform is $30 a day or $6 an hour. You could just get one of our cars for two hours and pay 12 bucks. But then every car is 33 cents a kilometre. Um, and that goes, the majority of that goes to the owner to pay for petrol. So 
the borrower pays 33 cents a kilometre, but they don't have to worry about um, petrol. Whoever needs to, when, whoever's got the car when it goes below a quarter of a tank needs to fill it up, uh, but there's a fuel card in the car. Well, a really interesting idea. And so, so give us give us a, a, a snapshot. How, how's it doing today? So, how long has it been started, and how's it doing today? Uh, so, we launched in uh, 2013. Uh, so, we're, we're what's that? We're five years into it now, just over five years. Um, we it was interesting. I think after after 12 months, we had uh, 30 cars on the platform and 600 borrowers, something along those lines. Uh, we've now got. Um, We've now got uh, close to 1,500 cars, uh, 80,000 borrowers on the platform, and we're facilitating uh, around about 9,000 trips a month. So it's, um, it's you know, we're, we're, we're now one of the biggest car share operators in, a, in Australia. Okay. And any thoughts on expanding overseas? There's a lot of cars to, to use in the U.S., Look, yes. The answer, the short answer is yes. The slightly longer answer is um, there's been a lot of companies that, if you expand too fast before you've got it right, you can just you spread yourself too thinly and the whole thing goes kaput. So we're really keen to um, we we we're getting better and better, but we still haven't perfected what we're doing. Uh, so we're sticking with Australia and, and really getting it right. If the opportunity arises for us to go overseas with our model because we're doing it better than others. Then we're cert- we'll certainly look at that, but that's not that's not a this quarter thing. You're a great example of an Australian entrepreneur who had a great idea, had a start up. So, what advice would you give to someone who may be listening to this right now, with who's got an idea and wants to wants to do something? Like, where do you start? What advice do you give young entrepreneurs? One of the the biggest thing, the number of people that have come up to me and said, "Oh, geez, I've, I thought of that idea, but you know, like," uh, and there's and there's been a lot who, who've who've done that. Um, the the value is not in the idea. I mean, certainly you've got to get you've got to get a good idea, otherwise it's not going to work. But a lot of people have the same idea. The main value is the actually doing it. And I think where people scare themselves is they think too far forward into the future. So they go, all right, I've got this. I've got my corporate job. You know, I'm getting my I'm getting my eighty thousand bucks a year. You know, if I if I quit that and start my own thing, whatever it is. Yeah, all that security's gone, I, and then they probably have visions of them being homeless on the street and not making any, you know. Yeah. But what what I think people fail to do is to break it down into a into step by step. Yeah. So, um, yes, if you keep going at it for for ten years and and it's a failing idea, that is a risk. But what what you do is you go right. I've got some long service leave coming up, or I've I've put aside fifteen grand. I've got enough to make to to give this four months. Um, to see how I can go with it in four months, and then so you you maybe you do you, you take a, a holiday from your job for four months if they'll let you, or you yeah. you quit your job and you just you basically say right I'm going to get to I'm, gonna, I'm here at the moment I want to get you know I want to get to here by four months if I can get to here and I'm getting some traction then we'll look at what the what to do from there. Most people when they start that journey end up going the whole way through because because you know well if it is a good idea, but you just don't have to freak out and and yeah. Lightning round of questions, okay. Uh, what is the most expensive car on Carnex Store? Uh, well, the owners all set the price of the car. Um, Got any Porsches or Lamborghinis? There, there is, there is a few, there is a few Porsches, and 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 I think there's, a, you know, there's a few nicer cars. Most of our cars are, um, you know, fifty thousand bucks or less. Most of them are like twenty thousand bucks. Look, we'd have cars on there for eighty bucks a day, a hundred bucks a day, that kind of thing. We're not, we're not doing real expensive ones. Will, we really appreciate your time. No problems. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Public Wi-Fi isn't always safe, even though we use it a fair bit. It's not always safe. Now, without the right protection, your personal information could become public. There's been a number of vulnerabilities that we've seen, and each of them have pointed out the fact that attackers could intercept your data transmitted across a regular Wi-Fi network. Personal information that's transmitted over the internet or even stored on your connected devices, you you have a think about what we've got there, passwords, credit card numbers, so much more, all that could become vulnerable. 
All this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft or accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping you keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log on. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. First up on the uh, reviews for this week's show, we're going to be talking about Samsung's new Series 9 QLED TVs. Now, they only uh, announced them a couple of months ago or formally uh, launched them in Australia and we had the chance to sit down and experience the 75-inch QLED TV as well as the 65-inch QLED Series 9 TVs. Now, to be to be clear, these are the top-of-the-line televisions. So I'll say it outright, they are expensive. The 75-inch the TV, if that's what you got your eye on, you're going to part with 10499 bucks. If it's the 65-inch, then you're going to be parting with 6999 bucks. So these are top-of-the-line, top-shelf, top-series of Samsung 2018 QLED TV. So just don't think that all the Samsung TVs are this expensive. They've got a good, better, best setup in all of their categories, and this is obviously the best. So uh, we had the pleasure of sitting down and experiencing the TV for a day and a night, uh, and I've got to say, it is stunning from top to toe. Now, before you even turn the television on, you've got to really appreciate the design. The The bezels are almost invisible. Remember, remember back in the day, look at your current television now. If it's a few years old uh, or, or even older, have a look at how thick the bezels are. The bezels are the, the frames around the screen. Have a look at your television, and it's, it's like the, the thinner the, the bezels, the more recent your TV is. So the bezels have shrunk dramatically over the years. And in this case, the bezels are virtually invisible. I've said in my review that the TV gets out of the way of itself. So all you can see is the picture. Now, when you get this TV home, there's obviously a setup involved. Now, the setup for this TV is really simple. All you need to do is connect the TV and you can use your mobile device to then transmit your wireless networks, your passwords, your all, all your account passwords, like your Netflix password. It reads on your phone. So if you're connected to a certain network on your at your at your home, it'll look at that network and you'll uh, it'll allow it to get the password. All your Netflix accounts, all your accounts, are set up in minutes. And and the the beauty of this television is that there is a one clear cable connection single clear cable that sends both the data and the power to the screen. So if you're mounting this on a wall, the cable is thin enough and clear enough for it just to run down the wall. You'll hardly notice it. Now, remember back in the day to mount a TV, you have to get a professional involved to not only put the mount on the wall, but also create a, a drop all your all your, co- your cables down the wall down the cavity, then out the bottom again, so there's no cables running down the wall. It's a job and a half. Well, now, mount the TV, one cable that you can leave hanging on the wall that you can hardly see, and that connects to the one Connect box, which then has all your sources, your gaming consoles, your Blu-ray player, 4K player, whatever you want to connect, your Foxtel box, all to this one Connect box down in your entertainment unit or hidden away. Really simple, really easy to set up. Now, screen-wise, of course, we're talking 4K Ultra HD here and the Quantum Dot technology, which which Samsung have been using for a number of years now. Quantum Dot is the best way I can describe it. It's like a filter built into the TV that enhances black levels and really pumps up the color and color accuracy. Now, they've got also uh, an, a, a backlight system that can that can darken and brighten various zones on the television. So what, what happens is that if it can dim the backlight in a certain part of the screen where that needs to be black, the black level is going to be better. If it needs to pump up the light where it's a bright part of the screen, then the color is going to be brighter as well. One thing I was really impressed with, though, with this picture quality was its accuracy, the color accuracy. You know, it's, it's easy to pump up color and make it bright and look like a cartoon, but one thing that's hard is to render color accurately. 
and this TV does it, especially for skin tones, for the blues and greens. It's it's it was not not oversaturated and and artificial. It looked really natural. Uh, we watched a lot of 4K content on Netflix. We watched some uh, 4K discs, YouTube, you name it, and the results were the same across the board. The the quality was right there in front of our eyes. So we we watched a bit of Netflix and. When we're watching Netflix, we're watching 4K uh, content on Netflix. And, of course, you're at the mercy of the streaming, the stream. If you've got the, the bit rate is determined by the strength of your Internet connection, there's a few variables there that can affect the quality of the video you're watching. So that was our first attempt at watching 4K. We did notice the odd blemish here and there. There was like a bright patch on the screen, and you could see the banding as the, as the, as the white faded to grey. You could actually see the banding of that colour fading to grey from white. So that that sort of stood out for us, but we think that was probably more the streaming quality, the, the, the bit rate that was coming into the TV over the internet rather than the TV itself. So we'll, we'll let it off the hook for that one. When we were watching 4K off a disc, which is a repeatable experience, doesn't require the internet, higher bit rate, that is the ultimate, the premium experience is, is watching 4K off a disc. So it is so much clearer, so much uh, sharper and smoother because you got that higher bit rate. Now we were watching naturally Star Wars: The Last Jedi on uh, on among others on uh, on 4K, and again stunning picture quality. The the skin tones were perfect. The sharpness of the image was really impressive. Uh, the black levels really stood out as well. Uh, bright colours next to pale colours. There was no, there was no edging, no, no distortion there. Even high-paced action was really smooth on the screen as well. So, big tick for the picture quality there. And you'd expect nothing less from Samsung. They've, they've, they've managed to improve an already excellent TV from last year. The 2018 model has improved even further. If you know, it's hard to believe that it was possible that from last year's uh, TV to this year, they've managed to get a little bit more picture quality out of it. But what I like are those other features that are available, and one of them is ambient mode. This is a cool feature where you think about how often we watch TV, 80% of the time our TVs are turned off. So we're not watching them 24-7. So if they're, it, it'd be a good idea, rather than having a, this boring black rectangle on the wall, it'd be a good idea to have a feature that utilise that space. And that's what Samsung's come up with with ambient mode. Now, what ambient mode does is it can put up a clock on the wall, display your photos like a screensaver, put up the weather information, news headlines, or it can actually imitate the wall it's mounted on. If you have a look at our story, there's, it's mounted on a beige-coloured wall, and what the TV's done is, uh, is imitated that coloured wall and put that up on the screen. So it's like it's you're looking at a transparent television. Uh, it is pretty nice. You can have a clock in front of it as well, but it does give you that option of having something on in the background. It's a bit low power mode. You're not using much power, but it does allow you to do that. 4K, of course, HDR, HDR10, no less, high dynamic range. That's kind of the latest HDR version that Hollywood's using. So brighter bites, darker parts of the image, and all that definition in between. So you can still see so much detail in those brighter and darker scenes. There's also gaming mode as well. So uh, gamers will really appreciate this too. So it'll uh, give you that uh, reduced low input lag. So you don't want to be uh, slow on the on the draw there when you're playing online. The other thing I really like about the TV too is the Smart Hub. Smart Hub is the the uh, software that runs at the smarts of the television, and it not only allows you to access your Netflix apps and your catch-up TV, but it also presents all the sources by name. So if you connect an Ultra HD Blu-ray player or a PlayStation or an Xbox, it'll tell you what that is. Rather than you trying to remember that the Blu-ray player is on HDMI input 2, it tells you what's there. So rather than you having to guess what the input number is, it's there. Every time you connect it, it detects what it is and names it right there in your, uh, in your smart hub. Really clever. This whole TV, there's also a browser on board too, and naturally I put up the Tech Guide website on the 75-inch TV. Now, that's a browser, uh, and it looks fantastic as well. But uh, all up, I think, not only have they nailed the picture quality here, but they've also, uh, the setup is really, really stunning, really easy, uh, and really easy to use as well once it is set up. 
Now, what are the things we didn't like? There is there is one thing, apart from that, that banding I mentioned earlier, but the sound quality of the TV, I think, could have been better. Uh, I, I think Samsung, the, the TV is... Uh, and when you when you consider other brands like Panasonic and LG, they've got Dolby Atmos and built-in soundbars and speakers, and and they sound great. The Samsung TV sounded good, but for the amount of money you're paying for this television, if you put, if you put out ten thousand bucks, more than ten thousand bucks for the seventy-five inch, you wouldn't really expect to have to buy a soundbar to make it sound good. You'd want you'd think that this TV would sound really good, and it did. It did sound good. But we thought, compared to some other TVs and their, their speaker setup, it could have sounded better. So for, for anyone anyone else, they may think, nah, that sounds good enough to me. I'm fine. Maybe I'm a bit fussier with my audio quality. I think that is it. But I expected a little bit more out of it. Not that it was horrible sound. I thought it might have been a little bit better than what it was. Apart from that, really hard to find anything uh, to uh, to fault this anywhere else it is one of those TVs that is a really really nice TV with great picture quality great design intelligent features just head to toe is a really nice television that is easy to use easy to set up and a pleasure to watch if you want to read our complete review of the Samsung 2018 series 9 QLED TVs, you can find that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up in the reviews, we're talking about the Echo Spot. This is Amazon's latest smart speaker. Now, this is an orb-shaped speaker, but it is a speaker with a difference, and that difference is it has a circular screen. It's got a screen. No, no other Echo speakers in Australia have a screen, and this one is the first. Usually, uh, the Echo speakers, they've been out since February. Uh, they, they've only been audio speakers, so what you'd normally do is park them in a corner, uh, you don't never keep them in front of you because you only need to hear them, not see them. Uh, in this case, though, the Echo Spot, it's a different story. So with a screen, you can, uh, and, a, and a flattened base, so they have a nice viewing angle, these speakers are designed to be near you. So they're designed to be on your desk or on a bedside table or maybe even on the kitchen counter. So you can actually see as well as hear the speaker. Now, this isn't going to win any awards for audio quality, but it is a handy way to get your information. You can listen to music on it too. You can even connect if you have to. Uh, uh, if you've got a better stereo system, you can connect this to your stereo, so that will give your stereo uh, the Alexa capability as well. So you can uh, talk to it, ask questions, play your music, hear the latest news, control your compatible smart home devices as well. It's got a four. It's just four microphones built in. It's got enhanced noise cancellation, so you can it can even hear you talking to it across the room, even with loud music playing, which is really impressive. Now the screen comes in really handy because you can do several things with it. You can connect it to your your security cameras, for example, or your Ring doorbell. Ring is now owned by Amazon, so naturally a partnership was coming there. Or you could tell it, look at the front door, and it'll, it'll look through the cameras at your front door. So you look at the my back deck or look at the side door, and it'll give you the view from those cameras once you approve them in the Amazon Alexa app. So uh, a handy feature right there. You can even view a little video snippets of a news update. So you may, be, you may wake up in bed, and this thing puts on a little news update for you, little short videos of what's going on. You can also view movie trailers. If you're really desperate, you can even watch Amazon Prime on this screen. But why would you? It's not a massive screen, uh, only meant for sort of viewing, uh, just convenience viewing of seeing various things. Now, uh, the, what's also on board here is a camera. So you can actually make video calls. So if you're a uh, if you're an Amazon Alexa app user, you happen to have a spot, you can call uh, Alexa app to app uh, with through the spot as well. But there is also a feature called drop in. Now this is an interesting one because you approve who can drop in on you. So say you you might have your best mate, your wife, and everyone else. Or you're supposed to be living with your wife, you wouldn't need her to drop in. But say your mother, your best mate, and another friend, whatever, a work colleague. You approve people who you think, yeah, I don't mind them dropping in and just being able to call me out of the blue. They'd have to have a spot as well. So it's spot to spot, drop in. So it's like a internet call, video call, spot to spot. Now, here's the thing. If you approve these people to drop in on you, they can do it at any time. Now, you may hear a chime or see the uh, the alert ring change color, 
but they will immediately be able to hear whatever you're doing and then in a few seconds see whatever you're doing. So you, if there's something going on that you don't want people to see and they can suddenly drop in, then you're going to be seen doing what you may not want people to see you doing. So that is a real, a little bit of a risk here. If you're depending, especially if you've got this on a bedside table, and someone decides to drop in uh, when you are doing whatever you're doing in the bedroom, uh, you may be a little embarrassed to know that they can hear you at first, and then after a few seconds, be able to see you as well through the camera. And the only way to reject the call is to uh, pre- you can uh, you have to accept the call first before you can cancel the drop-in call. So you either got to turn it away or press the button, and it is a little risky if you ask me. The drop-in feature, but I thought you had to approve it once it came in, but apparently it's uh, something that just happens. So if you want drop-in to happen, be careful where you put it, and be careful with who you approve to be able to drop in on you. Just a word of warning there. Now, uh, the, the speaker itself uh, is available in black or white and connect, of course, to your Amazon Music Unlimited account and can connect to your stereo system, which we've already mentioned. Uh, but I think is one of those speakers that you'll use. Uh, it's a clock as well, so you can it can display a clock face. So handy to have it close by. Uh, handy to see. I like the fact that you can see the odd news headline pop up. And if, oh, that's interesting, you just tap the screen and be able to read a couple of paragraphs of a news story. So it is there. It's a constant little reminder of what's happening in the world, uh, your connection to uh, various things and information, your smart devices as well. So, uh, and uh, not going to break the bank either. It's 199 bucks. You can get it from the Amazon website or from retailers JB Hi-Fi, Officeworks, and Maya. 199 bucks. That's the Amazon Echo Spot. And if you want to read more about that, you can do that at techguide.com.au. Our next review, we're talking Bose Sound Sport Free Wireless In-Ear Headphones. Bose, uh, I'm a fan of Bose. Their headphones, earphones are always excellent quality. And the SoundSport Free is no exception, despite the fact they are totally wire-free. Each bud is on its own. No cables, nothing connecting. Each bud, one in one ear, one in the right ear, left and right, no cables. Now, Bose have done a great job fitting in all that technology. They've packed it in, so it still offers fantastic audio quality. Great, high, mid-levels, bass is perfect. Really, really nice sound. Design-wise, they are on the larger side. And by that, I mean they are just slightly smaller than a 20-cent piece on the outside, but they do stick out of your ears a fair bit. I think they're about three centimetres from tip to the end of it, and with most of that hanging outside your ear. But despite that, they still feel really balanced and really secure. You don't feel the weight in your ear. I think the, the silicon tips uh, are nicely uh, in, fit nicely inside your ear with the little, uh, the little wings that help keep it in place. So they are comfortable, but they do, they do stick out slightly. Not slightly, they, they stick out more than other in-ear wire-free headphones. Now, uh, this is a device that's obviously designed for, you know, exercising, running, uh, going to the gym and all that sort of stuff. I found when I was in the gym and I was doing my weights and various exercises, doing a circuit, and it wasn't unusual to brush if your arms are in the air doing a shoulder press or whatever you happen to be doing. It wasn't unusual for my arm to brush brush past the SoundSport-free earphones in my ear. Uh, and, and at risk knocking them out of my ear as well. So I wouldn't say they were in the way, but I did notice them during the workout. Other other earphones that are a lot smaller and sort of sit in your ear a bit further, you're not going to have that issue. So that's something to keep in mind if you uh, if you are in the gym and you're going to be doing some workouts. If you're running and walking, it's not an issue. Uh, you know, if you're self conscious about wearing these these uh, big not. Look, I may be talking it, talking it up about how big they are. There is a picture of me wearing them on the, on the site on Tech Guide. You decide for yourself if that sticks out a fair bit. They do. They are chunky. They do hang out of your ear a fair bit. Uh, if you don't care what they look, what you look like, then that's all good. If you if you're a fan of the the audio quality, you won't care. You'll just wear them. Now, the other thing that's big with the Bose Sound Sport Free. Uh, the charging case. The charging case is massive. 
It is twice the size of Apple's AirPod case, and each bud fits inside uh, and can be charged twice over through the battery built into the case. So you get about five hours use before you need to chuck them back in the case. The case can charge them up two more times before you need to charge it again. So as long as you charge the case, you're charging the buds, and you're good to go. Five hours each charge, pop them back in. They take a couple of hours to charge up again, and you're ready to go. So, uh, look, sound quality, no doubt at all, excellent. Design-wise, good, but on a slightly larger side. They protrude a little bit out of your ears a little bit. Check out my picture if you don't believe me. They, uh, they also have an app that let you run the latest firmware updates as well. Uh, and that charging case, handy, although it's big. It is uh, it's pretty chunky to fit in your pocket, but you do need it if you want to charge up these things on the go. The Bose SoundSport Freeze, they're $299, by the way. So about the same price as other similar earbuds, in uh, wire-free earbuds in the market. More expensive than the AirPods. The AirPods are two hundred and twenty-nine bucks. The Apple's AirPods, but uh, other other brands. I think Jabra's uh, Elites uh, about the same price, two ninety-nine. So are the Bose. And if you're a Bose fan, if you're an audiophile, they do provide the audio quality you're looking for. And everything else can be thrown out the window if you if all you're after is the audio quality, you will not care about the rest, about those other things, those other things that I spoke about about the size of the case and the protrusion from your ears. If you want to read our complete review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just released Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and super-fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. How many times have you asked, I want to improve the internet in the bedroom, in the garage? Well, Orbi can do it. So everywhere, no more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through traditional Wi-Fi barriers, things like walls, stairs, and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi Tri-Band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easier to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi. Better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Alrighty, our Tech Guide Help Desk, and you can contribute to the Help Desk by sending us a Voice Byte. That's a free iOS and Android app, Voice Byte, and Byte is spelled B-Y-T-E. Look for the blue logo in the App Store, in the Google Play Store. You can record a 15-second question or a little mini review, hashtag Tech Guide, and I will receive that and play your voice on the Tech Guide podcast. This week we had uh, emails, and one in particular from a reader who was concerned that they were contacted by someone who was impersonating the Department of Human Services, so a Centrelink department, and they were concerned that they had their mobile number, they were calling them, talking about it, and they said that the, 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 it was a scam, and they were they were saying that they needed to buy Apple Apple iTunes cards and gift vouchers to process the hundred dollar charge to send them their benefit payment. And this reader luckily smelt a smelt a rat, and he was right, and uh, it was a scam. They they the trying to trick you into giving up money, buying them vouchers, and things like that. So I think that. In this world where we can be contacted so easily on email, on our mobile phones, on our landlines, there are opportunistic criminals who are preying on the on the men and women who have, who who think who who are fooled into believing they're talking to the genuine article. They're, they're talking to a government department or or Microsoft or some other company uh, on the phone. And unfortunately, there's been cases where uh, the people have lost money. They've, they've handed over money, assuming that they were talking to the, their bank or their their telco or someone, and they've lost money uh, out of it. So 
my advice is to be vigilant and to rem- to really ask yourself, is my bank going to call me on my mobile phone and ask me to give out my personal information, my username and password over the phone? They are not. So if anyone asks you to do that, hang up. It's a scam. If someone says they're from the Department of Human Services, then ask them, can I have your name and your extension number so I can call you back? Now, if, if, they're, they're, if it's legit, They'll say, sure, my name is Stephen Fennick and here's my number. Ring me back. They'll give you the number. You can ring the number back and they'll say, hey. That, that is usually a great way to weed out the scammers from the real deal. If it's a scammer, they're going to they're gonna try bluff you and they're going to maybe not give you the number, maybe hang up. So really ask the question. And if you don't trust them, to say, look, how do I know, how do I know this isn't a scam? I, I had the Commonwealth Bank ring me and I am a Commonwealth Bank customer. And I said, how do I know you're the Commonwealth Bank? You could be anybody saying that on the Commonwealth that, that you want to talk to me about my account. So you've got to be really careful about how you deal with these people. I remember having one call. This was a scam where it was an insurance scam. And I had a call saying, uh, hello, we're calling about the, your car accident you had last year. And I, and I immediately, I never had a car accident last year. And I, and I said, okay, um, can you remember the make of my car? And the answer I had, it was uh, the it, the guy sounded like he was calling me from India or Pakistan or some other some country, uh, you know, in Asia somewhere. I couldn't couldn't work out. He had an accent, and I said, "Well, tell me what what my uh, the make of my car was again." And the answer he answered me like this: He said, uh, "Toyota Corolla." Like he was asking the question instead of telling me, he was kind of fishing, hoping he had the right answer. And I said, "Mate," and and I won't repeat what I said to him. But uh, it wasn't it, it wasn't uh, a, a G-rated conversation from there on, and he soon got the message and hung up. So look, if anyone rings your house or rings your mobile and you don't know who they are, they're asking for information. They want to, for you to give up that information. Then I'd be very, very, very wary. So uh, keep that in mind. Be careful out there. You're listening to Tech Guide. And that is the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything we've spoken about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, please email us, info at techguide.com.au. A special thanks to our sponsors, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. That's Netgear. And we also want to give a shout-out to Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. We'll